We're a pioneer church based in Loughborough in the UK. Our mission is to make disciples to establish heaven on earth. Today then, we're finishing off OH Online's first mini-series called These Three Remain, based on 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, which says, These three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. The book of 1 Corinthians takes place in the early church of Corinth, which is a city in Greece, um, at a time when it was going through great prosperity. Um, what that also led to, though, was lots of change in the culture and the community. Not too dissimilar from what we're experiencing now as we come out of lockdown in the UK um, and we're all getting used to this kind of post-COVID era. Through this mini-series, then, we're hoping that we can help everyone to navigate this season really well and with those life fundamentals of faith, hope and love. In just a moment we have Renee joining us to unpack the value, the last value on love, the greatest of them apparently. Um, but before we do we thought it would be great to hear some thoughts and reflections from a much loved member of our OH community, um, A.D. Blanchard. I met up with A.D. a few weeks ago um, now to ask him what love meant to him and how it's um, affected him in his life, particularly the kind of unconditional side of it that we associate with Christianity and agape, this sort of love of God. Um, so yeah, let's hand over to AD and hear what he has to say. The thing I love about God's love is it has nothing to do with me. God's love is because God is who he is. He loves me not because I'm good, bad, black, white, thin, fat. He loves me because he loves me because that's who he is. He loves me enough to give me the free will to make mistakes, but the free will to actually say, yeah, I want to respond to you. I want to accept the love, the grace, the forgiveness that you've offered to me. You don't force it on me, but you just make it available. And having that degree of trust to let me make my own decision, let me get it wrong if that's the case, um, that's just amazing. There was a period where my mum uh, was ill with dementia and she deteriorated very slowly and I felt like with God and I stopped going to church. I couldn't stop believing but there, there was just no relationship. got to a point where I realised that I was just being stupid. God wasn't looking down thinking <sighs> when he was looking at the position I'd been in. He was ready, waiting, and so when I eventually took that decision to come back, there was no sense of um, being frowned at, being tutted at. Um, it was simply to do with, yeah, he wanted, he wanted to love me, to be with me, to spend time with me. So having spent three or four years of being stubborn and hiding and ranting um, it meant I was able to come back into a church environment and just know that yeah I'm accepted um, he just loves me for who I for, he loves me regardless he loves me because of who he is not because of what I've done or haven't done father I thank you that your love isn't dependent on who we are but your love is dependent on who you are and father I just ask for the people that are watching this online that there's nothing in our backgrounds, there's nothing in our past that can 
change the way you feel about us, the love that you have for us, the love that took Jesus to the cross. So Father, I just ask that people would accept that as being the truth, that they would know that that is real, and that in doing that, that they would start to get to know you better. And I just ask, Father, that for each one of us, as we meet people, we would start to see people the way that you see them, the way that you love them, the way that you would give your all for them. And that as we meet people both in the real world and online, um, that that would be reflected through us and that that would be the start of a, an amazing journey. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, AD, um, for sharing your thoughts and some of your stories from your life on love. Um, it was really good to hear that stuff. Thank you for your authenticity and just sharing with us today. Right, well, we're now going to have our talk for today from Renee on the value of love. Um, Renee introduces herself at the start of our talk, so there's no need for me to say too much, and we'll just head over to Renee then. Hi, my name's Renee and I'm a recent graduate from Loughborough University and I've been a part of Open Heaven for about four years now. And for the last three weeks in OH Online, we've been in our These Three Remain series. A series based on 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, which says, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And so Simon and Nathaniel in previous weeks have explored faith and hope. And I'd really recommend if you've missed those talks to go back and watch them. But today we'll be exploring love, looking at how the Bible describes love, how it describes God's love for us and how it calls us to love others. But first, what is love? Well, according to Google, love is a feeling of deep affection for another. But I want to know, what does love mean to you? As for many, love signifies a lot of joy, happiness and excitement. But for others, it represents heartbreak, pain and loss. At times we use it to describe our deep affection for people, friends and partners. But then we also use it to describe our favourite foods, TV shows and holiday locations. So when the Bible says that the greatest of these is love, what does it actually mean? Is there a difference between this kind of human love and the love described in the Bible? What does love mean in the Bible? Well, 1 John 4, 8 says that whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So if I was to answer this question really simply, I would say that God is love. To know God is to know true love and to know true love is to know God because it's his language. His every action and interest is fueled by his love for us. You see, the Bible uses the Greek word agape to describe God's love for us. Agape refers to a self-sacrificing kind of love a love similar to that for a parent for a child. It describes God's unconditional selfless love for mankind, the greatest love of all, which gave us the greatest gift of all, our salvation. 
In fact, agape is the word used in John 3.16, one of the most important verses in the Christian faith. That for God so loved agape, the world that he gave his one and only son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Romans 5.8 tells us that God demonstrates his love, his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So God, like a father, loves us so much that he longs to have a relationship with us. He longs for our relationship to be restored, so much so that he sent Jesus to die for us, to take our place. But today, you might be thinking and feeling that you are not worthy of this kind of love. That God surely can't love you because you've gone too far or done too much wrong. I mean, that's what the world might be telling you. But that's not what God's saying. Because God's love isn't temporary or conditional or based on what we have or haven't done. No, God loves you simply because he loves you. He loves you because he created you, because he formed you, because you're his child and he longs for you to come to him as you are. You see, he loves us despite our flaws, our sins, our wrongdoing and falling short. He loves us through and through. So today, how does it feel to know that you are and always will be loved by a heavenly father? And so now as believers and as followers of Jesus, love is the very foundation of our faith. It's the foundation of our salvation and it should form the basis of all that we believe, do and say. As God is love and he calls those that know him to also love. In Matthew, Jesus says that the greatest commandment is to love your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. He then tells us to love our neighbor as ourselves. Jesus calls us to love others. He calls us to lift our eyes from our own selfish, selfish restrictive view of life and helps us to see the ways in which we can love others. He tells us in John 13, 35, that we will be known as his disciples in the way that we love each other. But how do we do this? <laughs> how do we do this when people can be kind of annoying? How do we love someone when we know they don't love us back? How do we love someone when we know they've hurt us or abandoned us? How do we truly obey the greatest commandment of all to love our neighbor? Well, firstly, we can follow Jesus's example. You see, he didn't just inform us that this is the greatest commandment of all. No, he also lived it out. When we look to the gospel, we can clearly see how he treated people. That no matter a person's race, gender, class or background, Jesus served and loved every person individually. So we can look at the needs of those around us in our own towns and neighborhoods and we can choose to serve them. We can put our own desires, time, resources to the side and selflessly give to help others. We can also use the Bible's model of love. 1 Corinthians 13 um, verses 4 to 7 says that love is patient, 
Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. So as with everything in life, if we're struggling to truly love others, we can go back to scripture and ask God, how can I be more loving in relation to your word? Show me and teach me how to be more patient and kind in the way that I love others. If I'm holding on to wrongs, God, help me to forgive them. But finally, we can love others really practically. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 14 says, in everything you do, do in love. So actually we can love people through our work, course, school, sports teams, and in every sphere that we're in. We can make a coffee for our teammate or spend quality time with an elderly relative or neighbor. We can be a listening ear to a struggling friend or we can bake a cake or make a meal for a busy family. I mean, there are hundreds of ways that we can show unconditional love to others. But what can you do today? So in summary, God is love. And we can love because he first loved us. Being loved by him is the greatest gift of all time. And to love like God is the greatest action of all time. So to close, I want to ask you two questions. One is, do you know and have you received the agape love of God? And the second is, what will it look like for you to selflessly and unconditionally love your neighbour today.